Marvel Spider-Man features your favorite web slinger in a story unlike any before. Now a seasoned superhero, Peter Parker has been busy keeping crime off the streets as Spider-Man. Just as he's ready to focus on life as Peter Parker, a new villain threatens New York City. Faced with overwhelming odds and higher stakes, Spider-Man must rise up and be greater. Sony Interactive Entertainment, Marvel, and Insomniac Games present Marvel Spider-Man exclusively for PlayStation 4. The worlds of Peter Parker and Spider-Man collide in an original action-packed story. In this new Spider-Man universe, iconic characters from Peter and Spider-Man's lives have been reimagined, placing familiar characters in unique roles. Marvel Spider-Man is coming exclusively to the PlayStation 4 on September 7, 2018. When I was a kid, I was a nerd. No one's surprised. But what I really loved was a game my parents never were going to get for me, which was X-Men, which was very weird because for me, there was only one character I wanted to play in X-Men, and it was Storm. There was a whole lot of black girls who wanted to play Storm and only one character. So even though I grew up, my love of video games also grew with me. In fact, I still play video games. And so when I was told that I got to go this year to E3, which is the Electronics and Entertainment Expo in L.A., of course I'm geeked out. I get to get my hands on the first, the newest, and the brightest games, including Marvel Spider-Man for PlayStation 4. Look, man, Marvel Spider-Man for PlayStation 4 is going to be the game of all games. I get it. It's not coming out to September 7th, but I've had a chance to play the demo. And it's this amazing world that you start off in Peter Parker's apartment. It looks like a 23-year-old's apartment. And you jump out and you have this ability to literally, from that moment that you step out the window, start web-slinging. And being a New Yorker, it's absolutely amazing to have the ability to see Spider-Man go through Manhattan. He can jump on the ground, he jumps over cars, he backflips. And just that amazing environment that you're able to really play with and feel as though you are Peter Parker is something I have never experienced with any other game I've ever played. So when someone said, hey, do you want to interview Jacinda Chu, the art director for Marvel Spider-Man for PlayStation 4? Of course I said yes. Jucinda, who has this incredible background as a designer for sports games, as well as doing post-apocalyptic zombie open environments, now has this ability to go and, with her love of Marvel, like her amazing feel-good family teamwork, and her undeniable ability to continue to push past the status quo has created this world that's like no other to accompanying this unique storyline that is now going to be Marvel's Spider-Man for PlayStation 4. Welcome to Marvel's Voices. I'm your host, Angelique Rocher, and this is Jacinda Chu's story. Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash voices. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. With results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, 
ZipRecruiter.com slash voices. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash V-O-I-C-E-S. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So th- we're at E3. Yep. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. You made it. September 7th was when we make it, so we're almost there. Mm, good point. But there's like big promos dropping. You know, folks are getting a chance to play the almost final version of the game. How does it feel? It feels like overwhelming. It feels awesome. Um, like I said, the fans are so supportive. I've always been reading kind of all the first impressions of the hands-on gameplay, and like, it's just overwhelming how like people are responding to the game. And Spider-Man is an absolute joy to work on. It's an absolute joy to play, and the team is an absolute joy to work with. So um, every day has been fun, and it's very creative, and it's absolutely genuine. I love it. So (laughs) speaking of genuine, you have always kind of been in the arts. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been a thing, but did you know you always wanted to do video game design Um, work? Well, I mean, yes, I've been drawing since I was like a little kid, since I can remember. And then I've also been playing video games since I was a little kid. Cool. Um, My dad was actually um, or is an electrical engineer. So we've always just been surrounded by PC games. So we were playing games since Pong basically. That's how far back I've been playing video games. Nice. So it was never not a part of my life. Um, but I ended up going to a traditional art school and then, because um, I just wanted to, I guess, explore like what it meant to be an artist. Um, and then afterwards, I was like, you know, it would be really cool to make video games. But at the time, um, there was no major for it. There was no way to just get into video games. So I was trying to be like a web designer, <laughs> a photographer, like kind of the more traditional things. Um, but I was lucky enough to have a friend who um, actually knew somebody who was in the video game industry. And then that person um, you know, gave me some advice and that's how I learned how to mod, mod games. Yeah. Um, so my first portfolio was actually just me taking a PC game and modding it and um, that got me my first job. So if there's like one game from your mm-hmm. childhood that you really love that, mm-hmm. I mean, you might even still have, like mm-hmm. what was that game? Hmm, gosh, there's so many. For me, I, I started out playing um, like PC games, you know? So yeah. I loved um, Sierra games. I don't know if you remember Sierra games. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I loved uh, Gabriel Knight. That was one series I absolutely nice. loved. Um, and you were really inspired by that series yeah. to like, do a lot of the work that you're doing now. Yeah, well, it's kind of funny because um, I've mentioned Gabriel Knight and I felt like, how could you not have played that game? It was amazing. Um, but a lot of people hadn't heard about it, but um, it was a uh, story-driven PC game. Mm-hmm. Um, the director on it, her name was Jane Jensen. Um, and then one of the things I've mentioned before was that um, you know, I really liked the main character, Gabriel Knight. He was a, a detective, um, and he had a really, you know, just a funny personality. Um, but I loved his uh, his assistant, Grace Nakamura. And one of the things I just loved about the entire series is that it was you know, created by a woman, um, and it featured a really strong um, partner to Gabriel Knight. Um, and she was also, you know, she was Asian too, so she was like me. So um, that game for me inspired so many things in me because um, I never thought I could do video games because of Jane Jensen. And I never thought I could not be in a video game because of Grace uh, Nakamura. So I just feel like it's come full circle now when I create video games. Which is really cool, right? Because you are, and I hate to say you're unique in your field, Mm -hmm. but you are, you've had such success. Mm -hmm. And you've worked on some really cool games. Like you started off with sports games. Mm -hmm. Um, You had some post-apocalyptic fun. Yeah. um, Which there's so much diversity. Let's just take a step back. Like, in playing the game yesterday, yes, he's fast. Yes, it was amazing. I really want to get back to the suit and the fact that every single sports team needs to be looking at the work that you (laughs) did on this suit. But 
the diversity of the faces of the people, mm -hmm. um, even the villains and the intention that goes with really developing features, developing their stature, the modding of who they are and how they move mm -hmm. is really amazing. And like you have a diverse team, like mm -hmm. how, how does that impact the work that's influenced what's coming out with this game? I mean, obviously from just, you know, where I'm coming from, this is the world that I see, you know, and it's, it's really interesting because when I um, work on projects, um, I, I always question everything. I always say, well, does this person have to be a white male? I mean, I, I'm going to put that out there, but <laughs> it's, on one hand, it's sometimes it's just like, well, that's just the default file, right? So that's kind of the most, the driest way you can explain it. Uh, but on the other hand, it's just that, you know, people kind of default to that because that's kind of what everyone's used to seeing. Um, but that's not my world, you know, because my world is obviously, to me, is much more diverse, whether it's gender diversity or ethnic diversity. So that's not how I see the world. So I always try um, in the projects that I work on to add, I guess, my worldview to it. And that's why, you know, for example, if you played Sunset Overdrive, we have a really deep character creator. And we wanted to make sure that people were able to create themselves, whether it was because of, you know, skin color or, um, you know, body style um, or even things like your religion you know if you have an outward expression like wearing a hijab um, that's just very important to me um, and on spider-man it's it's like the same thing we have this whole city filled with um, New York citizens and it was really important to me that you know they reflected the diversity of New York City um, and that even people in the backgrounds of, of the cinematics or people that spider-man interacted with were also equally diverse and it was really um, cool I was so excited when I was playing this weekend that mm -hmm. um, I um, um, texted the lead character artist because I saw pedestrians walking around with a hijab again and there was like yarmulkes and I was like oh gosh this is so great I'm so glad you got this in it just made me really happy to see that um, because I feel like it's our responsibility especially if we have a voice in in new media like video games um, it's really important for us to carry the torch for the future generations so that um, they can see themselves you know, in the media that they're playing or looking at or digesting. Um, and then they see themselves even in the developers because that's how you get more diversity uh, into the industry and into the world. Well, so another person can see an amazing woman who is designing a game and an amazing Asian American character that they feel like there isn't an impossibility, right? Exactly. Um, I think it's also very interesting because we've talked to a number of folks who are, and I, I say world creators, because mm -hmm. that's kind of, that's, yeah. that's what you do. You, yeah. you create these really incredible mm -hmm. worlds for people to maneuver and swing around, I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah. Um, but even in your past interviews, and what I, I love hearing you say is like, the first thing you should do is just swing. Yeah. You should just go, you should just explore. Yeah. And in creating that world and as, you know, starting this project, like what was the first thing that came to mind when you're like, Spider-Man? <laughs> well, I would say it was fear. <laughs> <laughs> it goes back to the, with great power comes great responsibility type of thing. I mean. I think I was, again, overwhelmed. I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much responsibility here because it's a character that is so beloved. Um, everybody knows his character. Am I gonna do justice to his character? But then what happens afterward is you kind of calm down and you know you treat it like a professional. So what I started doing is I started reading you know um, old Spider-Man comics. Um, for me, um, I um, like the Ultimate Spider-Man comics by um, Brian Michael Bendis. Um, Love that. So I was starting to read all those, um, and it was actually really funny because um, in the office, like everyone was just like reading up on all the Spider-Man comics. Like it was just crazy. Like Amazon probably made so much money off of us. Um, there's obviously marginal, uh, Marvel Digital as well, but there's just piles of comics all over the office. Um, as people started um, researching the lore, basically, um, 
so that I felt that when, um, you know, as we're going into this game, I felt like we were knowledgeable and that we would be, I guess, respectful caretakers of yeah. um, the Spider-Man world. I just felt a lot more confident, I guess, after we had consumed all that media again and just kind of talked about it with ourselves. Yeah. Because in the end of the day, I feel like not only are we game developers, we're also game players, um, but we're yeah. also like Spider-Man fans. And I think because of that, it gives me confidence in what we're making. You know, yeah. I don't feel like um, we've kind of blown off the universe at all. I feel like we're doing right by it. Yeah. So, you know, if you were out there right now and you're 14, 15 year old Jacinda who is just getting their hands on gaming and kind of figuring things out, you said something really important and I kind of want to context the next question is like, you know, you had this ability to see something and in your brain you're like, I never knew I couldn't. Yeah. And that idea of being able to say, I never knew I couldn't and being able to take your story of who you are, like you're from LA, you've lived on both coasts, you went all the way to Rhode Island where there's actual winter um, <laughs> to expand your worldview. Like what would be your advice to your 14, 15 year old self um, who hadn't seen that game, who's seeing you now, who's like in this whole new world of possibilities. I mean, it's the same thing I tell a lot of people that I mentor. It's just, um, just believe in yourself, you know, have confidence, um, and also don't think that you can't do this thing, you yeah. know, because um, it was really funny when I graduated from college, I remember telling one of my friends, and now it's kind of embarrassing to say it, but I was just like, you know, um, my only goal in life was to um, get a scholarship, and graduate from college, and I've done that, and I have no more goals left. <laughs> and I remember my friend going, wow, it must be nice to have all your goals finished by 21, you know? <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh, that's true, like now what do I do? So then what happened was that, you know, I kind of, you know, got into video games, but from there I just kind of felt like I kind of drifted along and think as I was making video games, like, I just kind of steadily got promoted, you know? like. Yeah. Um, it's really funny, one of my other good friends, he told me when I first joined Insomniac, he's like, I knew you were gonna go somewhere, and I was like, why, why would you think that? And he told me it was because I never accepted the status quo, and I never just let things be, mm. uh, because it always bothered me when things weren't functioning right. You know, if something was wrong, I wanted to fix it. Uh, and eventually, I think because I just kept doing everything, that um, I ultimately came to this responsibility. But for me, I think things still worked out, you know, because I think I did have a certain confidence, you know, so that I never thought I couldn't do it, you know. Um, but you know what's actually really interesting is I do have a, um, you know, like I do still talk to a lot of people who are graduating school, they're new grads, and I remember when I did first graduate from college, like, I did feel a little self-conscious being, like, the only woman in a yeah. video game studio, um, and it's crazy because it's been, like, you know, 18, 20 years since I graduated from college, mm. and I remember thinking, like, gosh, it's already been almost 20 years, I can't believe this is still a thing, yeah. and, and I've seen this even in other women in my field, where I feel like some of them kind of overcompensate for being a woman. Like, you're almost apologizing, you know? And, and again, this is a little bit embarrassing, but when I first got into the industry, when I was interviewing, like, I purposely would dress down, you know, for an interview. I would wear glasses. Yeah. Um, I know it sounds really silly, but, you know, no. I would wear glasses. I would make sure I didn't dress fancy because I didn't want to look pretty. Mm. Because I didn't want to be, like, the only girl in the, the, the office and the pretty one, right? The one that everyone was trying to date, you know? Um, yeah. And I'm not flattering myself. <laughs> I know this is a podcast, you know, yeah. you can't see me. But it's just one of those things, you're the only girl in the office. I just didn't want to be the token girl in, in yeah. that way. I wanted to be known for my work only. And being skilled and being yeah. talented, right? Yeah, so it was just weird that I, I did that. I don't do that now because now, um, you know, as I was talking to this young woman, she told me, like, 
you know, and she was like, wow, I love what you're wearing. I was wearing a pencil skirt that day. And she said, but I would never wear that. And that's what started this whole conversation. Um, because now, I mean, I wear like skirts and dresses like almost every day because I'm like, you know what? Like, Whatever. <laughs> yeah, no one like, cares. Yeah, I mean, at this point, um, like, does it really matter? But at the same time, I keep thinking about it, but did I put that on myself? Or did society put it on me? And it's interesting. And, I just don't know. and you don't, and you're never yeah. going to know because yeah. I, I think there's I think there's been a moment. Like I've been in that moment where I'm like, okay, do my makeup, but don't make it too pretty. Just make it enough. Yeah. Because you don't you you get into this situation where, you know, you want people to see you for being really talented at right. what you do, not being an object. Yeah. Like how is it being in a room and having to be that person? Because we've always I've talked to folks before mm-hmm. where it's like sometimes you're that one person in the room that has to bring up the thing, mm-hmm. right? Because we talked about MJ mm-hmm. before the interview and how right. the whole idea with MJ, MJ is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like I've always thought MJ was gorgeous because she's just so smart and she's mm-hmm. assertive and she's this great mm-hmm. character that has been written well at mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. Um, and not always written, not always right. written well. Right. And so you decided to make MJ a little bit more modern, mm-hmm. a little bit more practical, mm-hmm. not a damsel in distress, mm-hmm. which I'm really geeked out about. <laughs> um, but we can also play MJ. Yeah. You know, and that's new. Like yeah. that's different. Yeah. You know, what what was what was the thought behind, you know, your design and what is practical? What is modern? <laughs> well it you know what's really interesting about like the I guess Peter Parker's universe and Spider Man's universe? There's a lot of normal people in that world. So how do you make their characters interesting, right? because um, there's people like MJ, there's Aunt May, there's Miles Morales, there's Peter Parker and like I can't put them in armor. They're not space marines, you know? I can't even, <laughs> like, you know, put grit and dirt and sweat on them or give them crazy hair because there's canon. You know, like, yeah. MJ has red hair. You know, Peter Parker, he's got the brown hair. That, that, that He's got that charming that is, geek look. That that, is... That's canon, so I can't change it. So um, what I kind of decided upon for this particular game was that I just want to make them human relatable. Mm. And I wanted to like these characters myself, right? Because, again, I wasn't making, like, the space marine or, like, the, the sexy, you know, femme fatale, you know? I wanted to make somebody that, you know, people wanted to know and get to know better. Um, you know, I, and I say that about all the characters that are in this um, game. And with MJ in particular, um, I thought about things like, you know, where would she shop in real life, you know? <laughs> like, what does her living space look like? You know, we actually designed her, her room out, you know? And, and then wow. what's the background of her, her, her family? Like, you know, what's her socioeconomic status, you know? And, you know, if people have seen Peter Parker's apartment and the concepts there, um, they'll see that, you know, Peter Parker's on the opposite side where <laughs> when you look at his living space, you get a lot out of that, yeah. that room, you know? You get 23-year-old... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get 23-year-old vibes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, gives, it tells you a lot about that person. Um, and that's, that was a challenge. So with MJ, you know, that's, you know, what I was thinking about. Yeah. And then even when we did her face, too, because I wanted a face that was pretty, you know, obviously. Yeah. But I also wanted a face that was very relatable and expressive, you know, yeah. and somebody that you would want to know. And I feel like we have succeeded with her. Like, every time um, she smiles, like, when I watch a cinematic, like, I get shivers. Like, the first time I, I see a, a CG character come alive, like... I get the chills. It's the weirdest thing. And like same thing with Peter yeah. Parker. The first time we got his crooked smile right, he's so charming and adorable and like likable that I just I just get really happy. <laughs> oh man. So all the intention, yeah. all the love, all yeah. the creativity that you've put into this, what does a day in your life look like? 
It's probably not as exciting as people think. It's actually, I want to say it's sad, but no, it's... <laughs> I actually live off of my um, email, or they IM me, and they just say, hey, come look at this, you know? Um, or you should check this out. And that's pretty much how I end up reviewing work, because I do have a team of almost 100 people, but I do have like people, um, like leads and directors under me who are running things as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not really doing dailies with my team. I'm not saying they're reviewing like 100 people's work. That's like way too much. Um, so what I'm doing is like when something cool happens or uh, when there's a questions about the big picture stuff, that's when I'm going in and I'm talking to the individual artists. Um, but besides kind of the, the, the unglamorous life of checking your email, <laughs> the cool thing that I like about that um, is that when people say, hey, come look at this, like I get to go and talk to the artist or the animator or the designer the programmer who asked. Um, and it's those um, small interactions that I enjoy the most, right? Just talking mm. to the team um, and just talking about their ideas. Because like, I'm the you know, studio art director at Burbank and I do set the, the art direction for the project, uh, but I want my team to have a lot of freedom as well. So I always make sure that as long as you're on the dartboard, you can do anything you want, right? <laughs> because I want people to have ownership yeah. um, for what they're working on to have passion as well, because yeah. they shouldn't just be a wrist for me. And I keep joking because I don't have a schedule, but the day just goes by so quickly because I am just running around the office um, just talking to people and I love it. So how important do you feel this idea that that person's story mm -hmm. is also important to the thing they create? Right. Um, whether they're inspired by a video mm -hmm. game, whether they're inspired by this idea that they love to draw and they, they manifest this mm -hmm. in, in something that they really love to do. Right. Um, how much of who the creators are is in this game? I think it's, it's everything, right? I mean, I was thinking about like what Marvel means to me. Um, and one of the things I love about Marvel is that um, it's ultimately everyone in Marvel Comics and Marvel Universe, they're all human, right? They're just human beings who have extraordinary things happen to them, right? But they have relationship problems. They have like, um, you know, issues with their family. You know, they maybe have self-esteem problems. <laughs> um, they have a lot of issues too. And first and foremost, I feel like all Marvel characters always um, are very relatable in that way. Yeah. And for me, when I work on a project, I think about how I want to make, um, well, how do I want people to feel uh, when they play that project mm -hmm. or, or work on that project? And same thing with, um, you know, Spider-Man or even Sunset Overdrive, where especially in Sunset Overdrive, we wanted to make a game that was exuberant and happy. And if you've ever played it, it's super colorful, it's bouncy, it's fun. It's um, the fun end of the world. Yeah, it's the fun, exactly. It's, it's, a, yeah. <laughs> it's how we all want to go out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and with Spider-Man, you know, the game kind of changes as the story changes. Yeah. So I wanted the world to reflect that. And that's why when you first you know, start the game, you start out in Peter's room and you can just see a glimpse of his life. Um, he's just taken down um, Fisk, right? So like he's celebrating, right? It's been yeah. eight years. It's been a long time coming. Um, and then from there, we kind of, you know, change the course of events, you know? <laughs> um, but the other thing I also do when I'm designing these worlds is I think about a lot of the details, because I always mm. think about what I would want to see as a player or mm. what I would want to see as a Marvel fan, you know, which is where the love of Easter eggs come from. <laughs> I Can love... you tell us what some of those Easter eggs are? <sighs> you know, I, I, I'm dying. <laughs> I am dying to do that. But like, I've been told I cannot talk about the Easter eggs because um, as I have been lectured about repeatedly, the point of an Easter egg is to go on an Easter egg hunt and to find the Easter egg. So no one wants me to talk about the Easter egg. Fine, <laughs> I guess they make a valid point. <laughs> but I love like, I guess surprising and delighting people because yeah. that's what I like to see too, you know? Um, and I also feel like it's almost like a love letter to the fans 
because I just love like putting all these things in the game. And then I, it's crazy because my whole team does things like that. It's because like every time I pop up in the game, there's something new shows up in New York City. And I was like, did you guys just put an LGBT flag on this building? That is really cool, you know? Um, also, just, the fact that you noticed that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I noticed everything. Thing. <laughs> it's like, where's Waldo is like, piece of cake for you. Yeah, it's well, it's crazy because there's all this really cool stuff. So um, like I said, I, I think everybody on the team kind of has that feeling as well. There's definitely a lot of um, warmth, I guess, at our company, you know? We, yeah. I feel like it shows in the humor um, and just the feeling in all the games that we make. You know, if there's anything else that you could be doing, mm -hmm. like what would it be? You know, this is going to be like a complete like 180 and really strange, but one of my alternate career choices was to actually work um, in education. So I know it's really weird. Wow, that's you, but you mentor, and you yeah. have a whole team. Like it doesn't, it doesn't seem that crazy of an idea. What would you teach? You know, I don't know. I mean, for me, I I feel like I've learned so much, and I feel like I've gotten so much from people who have taught me that I mm. want to give back. You know, and I guess for me, I would definitely teach like you know game development. You know, um, but I would also teach, um, I think, like leadership. And it's 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 this weird thing, but that's something you don't really learn. Um, in college, unless maybe you're getting your MBA, maybe. I wouldn't know. If you're but, lucky enough, yes. But I think, like, it's that, that's kind of the thing I've noticed um, from where I'm standing. Yeah. It's that we learn how to make things, create things, and we kind of just learn to take care of ourselves, right? Um, you are making this piece of art in a vacuum. You're not really working together in a team. Um, and that's kind of where the synergy happens, if you can work well with other people. And I find that, you know, managing all those people and like leading them, that's also a whole other like just level of just complexity that you would not know coming out of school, you know? And I think that's part of like my job really is to hurt all these people, to make sure we're all kind of like going in the right direction, but that they all still retain their individuality and freedom, but yeah. that we're still trying to hit a common goal. It's so funny, like, you know, we'll talk to someone, they'll, you know, they'll complain and say, oh, I have this problem with this person. You're like, did you, did you talk to the person? And they're like, no, I just ghosted them on Facebook. <laughs> oh, 2018. Yeah, and I'm like, that is okay. so weird. You know, Interesting. It is, it's really. That's one way of resolving, not resolving. Yeah, it's really <laughs> weird, but it's, I think it's the reflection of the times that we live in. Yeah. You know, and I feel like that's why I, I like, you know, doing things with my hands. And that's why, you know, because it's tactile. Yeah. And I, I want to make a game that feels kind of hopeful and warm because yeah. I feel like in this society where, like, people apparently can just ghost each other by pressing a button or deleting a, a, or unliking something or yeah. unfriending somebody. Or blocking somebody. Yeah, yeah. And I think so it's weird. interesting because I can see that team spirit like love and like being able to create such an all-inclusive really intentional space yeah. that is the world of Marvel's Spider-Man for PlayStation 4 like I think it's it's incredible okay so quick fire questions mm -hmm. oh no <laughs> quick fire questions uh -huh. awesome slowly favorite superhero oh gosh I mean right now Spider-Man <laughs> oh we'll go with it we'll go with it yeah. um, favorite thing about Spider-Man that you love Oh, I mean, I love the fact that he's so adorkable. I don't know. Is that is that a thing? I, did. I mean, adorkable is actually a prerequisite for people being in my life, so I'm here for it. <laughs> he's just, he's so adorkable, and I love, like, that he's, you know, he's got the Peter Parker life where he's just, like, this charming nerd, but at the same time, he's Spider-Man, he's, like, super quippy, you know? Yeah. I just I just love that about Spider-Man. He's so relatable, right? Oh. All right, favorite <laughs> kind of cookie? Chocolate chip. Ooh, Hand just down. regular chocolate chip. You know, it's weird. And I've baked all over the place when it comes to ingredients. I'm like, no, oh, I mean, I'll, sometimes I dab in like brownies, you know, but I don't know, man. I, I always go back to the chocolate chip cookie. Favorite book? Favorite book? Oh. Gosh, you know, this is also, this is going to be really weird. 
I love the Little House on the Prairie series. I know, I know. It's totally weird. That's amazing. What are you talking about? It's so about? bizarre. I've, that's like one of the few, few like series that I've reread over and over again, and I don't have no idea why. It's like you a just love feel good family, team building, gritty, hands on. Did you also like Anne of Green Gables? Yeah, I, but I didn't read Anne of Green Gables. I keep meaning to. I haven't done it, but I just I that love was my it. sister's favorite. She's it's like weird. like she's just obsessed with that series. <laughs> uh, favorite movie. Favorite movie? Oh man, I can't even. I can't even pick one. Although lately, I'm just gonna say this because I love Black Panther. I love Black Panther. I mean, can I say great. that? You I can. You can have this with it. Oh my gosh, Black Panther so was amazing. Good. I just <laughs> Black Panther. <laughs> That's my favorite movie. Maybe like right at this moment. But I yeah. just I I love movies. I I watch like tons of movies. You know. Yeah. So I. But it's really hard for me to pick one. So I hear that you love cookies. <laughs> this is a very important conversation. I feel like. Yeah. We have to talk about it uh -huh. because video games are very important. Yes. But eating <laughs> while playing video games is also very important. Like, where is this ultimate love of cookies? Like, <laughs> I feel like you have a nickname that's Cookie Monster. Like, what? Where does this <laughs> ultimate love of cookies come from? Well, actually, I I think I just have a really sweet tooth. Um, <laughs> so I love I love cookies. And then um, one of the things I do when I'm stressed out is I tend to bake and then I eat cookies. Um, but there's actually a backstory to this. Like. Um, Maybe like five or six years ago, I was actually diagnosed with food allergies. Um, I'm allergic to gluten, dairy, and eggs. Like, uh, it's really hard for me so to eat. So we're gonna be best friends <laughs> because I can't eat gluten and oh, lactose intolerant. What? But I can't eat eggs. I oh, can't, okay. Can't I'll bake you some cookies. <laughs> very happy about this. Well, so those are one of the things I've always I always loved baking even before yeah. I had the food allergies. But then um, after I found out about the food allergies, like I had to really double down on and change how my baking game basically. But now that um, I think that I've learned how to basically bake everything that's vegan and gluten-free. Like it's really opened up the world to me. So um, for me, there's comfort too in the cookies yeah. um, because when I go to a restaurant where I go out and there's a lot of stuff I can't eat or I feel all this deprivation. Yeah. Like there's so much comfort um, in my kitchen baking cookies <laughs> and eating those cookies. I mean, that's um, the most that important part is eating the cookies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Wait, uh -huh. the suit. Please tell oh. me that all uh -huh. your time in sports gaming like inspired <laughs> all your work on the suit because it's amazing. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm just really happy. You know what's funny? The funny thing about the suit was that it actually came together um, with like a lot of people's involvement, you know? Because our first concept that we did, like, we built it and we stuck it in the game. But then we, we didn't like it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then from there, what we would do is we make little tweaks. And the first time we made him, he was like a linebacker. He was just really Yeah, big, he was like Billy Swole and buff, but he's only yeah. 23. Yeah. And, and he's kind of like a dude who's... Yeah. Like, you're not going to make a guy who's always on a bike yeah. really, really big. Yeah. So you're not going to make yeah. Peter Parker like this big, huge linebacker. No. But one thing you did make very well in Peter Parker, <laughs> Peter Parker's rear end. Because there's a lot of the time you, look, as much as you play the game, you cannot deny <laughs> that you are generally looking behind Peter. Yeah, I mean, I want, I want to say that's like the business end or something, but it's, it's <laughs> not really. The, the white spotter maybe is the business end, but, um, hey. but that's the thing about um, this game and, and it's like, you're looking at his back the entire time. And that's the other thing about even the white spider on his back. Like, yeah. we want to make it really big so you can see it. Um, and yeah, you know, you have to make sure that all the muscles deform correctly when you're looking at it from the back because it has to look good. And Spider-Man is basically a naked guy. I mean... Yeah, no, he's basically walking around with a skin-tight suit on the entire exactly. time. Exactly. So there's, like, there's no forgiveness in that. So we have to be very, very careful about, like, you know, muscle deformation and making it look natural. And then also making it look appealing. Because the funny thing when you ask about his butt, uh, <laughs> it's just... Uh, 
This is no, no, serious. This is a thing. It's seriously. It, it's the funniest thing. This is the intentionality that went into this game. For those who are listening, people spent hours putting together the muscle definition on every single piece of Peter Parker. We we seriously did. And the funny thing about it is that what we'll do is we'll make a change. We'll put in the game. And a lot of times we won't tell people because we'll just make the change to see if anyone notices, right? Yeah. So we're like, oh, well, let's just make them a little taller, make them a little bit bigger, make them a little skinnier. And then what will happen is immediately if someone doesn't like, like, what happened? Is this a bug? You know, da 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 da. Um, but especially when it came to his butt, like, you know, we made it at some point uncomfortably swole. Like he had the linebackers like back end, and I think people were. Everything. It was the funniest thing. Like people became uncomfortable, and I'm just like. Yeah, you know, okay. So we just backed off of it. Let's, let's dial it this back really, a little bit. It was funny. Less squats for Peter. Less squats. <laughs> but it was it was definitely a thing. And like I said, we kind of taste tested um, Peter Parker and also Spider-Man with the rest of the development team. Nice. And believe me, the team is super vocal. I mean, as vocal as the Twitterverse is or social media is or even like um, journalists are. Yeah. Um, our internal monologue and our internal team, they're like even more vociferous and opinionated. So as soon as we ch- tweak or change something, everybody chimes in. Instantaneously. Yeah. So what you're saying is that both Spider-Man and Peter Parker are gym goals. Yeah. And that we should all look forward to not only playing this game because it's fast, it's amazing, yeah. the web pools are cool, the villains are great. I am excited to see what the other suit looks like. <laughs> um, but because it was made with such love and intentionality and so much experience and like great warm like exactly what peter parker is exactly he he is the lovable boy next door who just happens to have been bitten by a radioactive spider exactly and (laughs) everything in the game has gotten the gold standard or steel approval from everybody in somniac because like i said there we're our own harshest critics and if we like it um i'm sure all the fans will love it what inspires you what inspires me um i think life inspires me it's i know this sounds weird but i always tell this to all my artists i always tell them don't sit at your computer all day, go out and live your life. You know, because I feel like until you like live your life, like you can't really put any of that into your work. And, and one for me, one of the things I do is I love traveling. I've traveled all over the world. I've been on every continent except I think Antarctica and Africa at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just like traveling the world, opening your eyes, like, and just bringing that kind of thoughtfulness and mindfulness back into your work is, is really important to me. Yeah. Um, so that's why I was saying like living your life is, is the biggest inspiration you can give to yourself. Favorite place to travel? Oh, geez. Um, that also changes around quite a lot. Like, I love Japan. Okay. Um, and I love Hawaii. Just two of my favorite places right now. Who do you do this for? Who do I do this? You know, <laughs> for, uh, I do it for two, two people, I guess. I do it for myself. Um, because, and, and this is kind of a, a personal thing, too. But, um, you know, there's some people out there who are always trying to please others. You know, they worry a lot about what other people think. Um, for me, I always tell myself that um, I think I'm my own biggest critic. You know, and if I can please myself, then I've done a good job. You know, it's, it's, that's how I kind of get through a lot of things. Because people always tell me, like, how do you do what you do? And I'm like, you know, I'm really only beholden to myself in this lifetime. And, and I really want to just do good by me. Um, and then I guess the second peoples that I do this for are really the fans, you know, and the, the players. Because, like I said, um, that, with having that human touch and hoping to just touch, like, all the players of this game. Like, even just a little bit by any... Um, part of my creation that they touch like to me that's also very meaningful awesome thank you so much thank you as i just realized that my shirt tag is underneath my shirt i was like what is this
I think the really cool thing about Jacinda and the really great thing about this interview is that when she says the world that we see impacts the world we create, she really means it. And she really is a team player that brings in people's ideas, but also she pushes the status quo to say that why can't we include everybody? Like, if this is really New York, why isn't somebody wearing a hijab? Like, why are we not being able to interact with folks? And that's what makes Marvel's Spider-Man for PlayStation 4 so amazing. So I really want to say thank you to Jacinda for sitting down and talking to me, not just about Marvel's Spider-Man for PlayStation 4, but about her life, her love of cookies, and just all the things that go into her being inspired and why she got into creating the world of video games. So if you haven't checked out Marvel Spider-Man for PlayStation 4 and pre-ordered it, you know, go check it out. Well, that's it for Marvel's Voices. I'll see you next time.